Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the Eco Wild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. So I want to go check this one on YouTube. Got a pretty cool little campsite we got set up here uh, for the viewers on YouTube. But I am joined by Michael Perry, the infamous Michael Pike. The Dilla is the back, Dilla, the baby. Dilla is back. <laughs> and then we got Shane Parker here as well. What's going on, guys? Doing oh, good, doing good. Sweating it out, <laughs> yeah, enjoying yeah. it. Glad <laughs> to see that Diller figured out you can't, uh, Almadilla cannot live in the west and north. So, <laughs> you starve to death out there or what? Uh, no, I ate plenty of ramen. Plenty <laughs> <laughs> of ramen? I uh, got it down to the science. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, he got a couple noodles dialed in. Listen now, I got the couple jet bowl. Ramen? You couldn't find something else? Not in my budget. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't stretch. By, by the way, how long were you gone at West? Mm, I don't know. Did you really, leave in July? To be honest, uh, July 10th, and I came back last week. So, it's September 
God, what is it? The I guess it's September this is a week and a half ago. Yeah. It is uh, a little over two months. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, well glad to have you back. And yeah. listen, now Michael's all back fired about whitetail, so we're going to do another Straight episode. Straight back into hunting and tearing the woods up. <laughs> yeah. Turning well, over every rock. you get put in or something out there and you <laughs> <laughs> finally get over here and you just run wild? <laughs> did, uh, did, I, did I have you fooled when I said, uh, wait, tomorrow, tomorrow hunting season opens? You remember that? No, I, said, I, I told you, he's probably messing with it. Yeah. No other cats be jumping on it. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had them. I think. Yeah, well, uh, this is kind of interesting. So um, we're up here in camp hunting this bow opener uh, for part of Alabama in a pretty interesting part of the state. Probably some Alabama listeners could probably guess, you know, the general region of probably where we're at. But I, I want to kind of talk about uh, just kind of what's been going on with everybody, specifically kind of this early season hunting um so shane we just got back from our georgia trip not very long ago about maybe a week and a half two weeks ago uh where we get a getting kind of dabble our toes dip our toes in some early season hunting with still in that situation in georgia still a lot of a lot of the deer a lot of the bucks were still in velvet there's some of the mature bucks were out of velvet but some of the uh, a lot of the younger bucks are still in velvet which made it kind of interesting for finding sign uh now where we're at it's not the case everything's hard yeah, horned it yeah, seems like and they're leaving an absolute ton of sign yeah yeah. So, Shane, I've got to ask, uh, you, you recently moved uh, to a different part of the state, which is kind of like up here where we're at. What has been your transition from where you typically have been hunting for the last, say, 25 years to now shifting over here to this part of the state? That's a big difference. I mean, big. Just terrain-wise, a huge difference. Uh, and, and, and just the amount of sign that's up here is, is a big difference as, as far as the time of year, too. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. Well, talk yeah. about that real quick because you brought this up last night when we were sitting around the campfire talking about the difference between sign here versus sign where you typically hunt and how many, like, weeks or months ahead it is here compared to, like, what you're traditionally used to. Yeah, yeah, it, it's way – it's two weeks ahead here at least for what I would normally see there. And the funny thing is the the ruts line up with each other, but it's just the sign. It's like these bucks are just, uh, well, higher testosterone level up here clearly and it shows in the amount of sign in the earliness of the sign it, it's this is this is the amount of sign that i would see in 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 late october there you know so it, it's a big difference yeah it's uh i'll tell you one eye-opening thing we did a little i did a little scout trip this morning after hunting last night and the amount of scrapes i found big scrapes wide open like not just like a little pollen but like huge scrapes blew my mind i'm like it was you know it's october 1st now and it's unbelievable which gets me over to old perry here mr perry now listen let me ask you this you've been bow hunting up here and hunting up here for a long time is this typical like sign or is there something special about this year compared to like years past as in when it comes to the buck sign at times it's exactly like this it's, i don't know what it is for you know the bucks have been managed a little bit better and there's more competition than just putting it out but you know last year because of lack of food they don't i don't think they've done it and now they're just ready to go so it's it's amazing but yeah yeah at times it's, it's before october they'll be tearing up rubbing and scraping so you know and they've done them uh studies with their ruts you know breeding cycle like november 13th so it's 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 getting fired up and it's amazing the acorns are falling like crazy in places so you know, a total turnaround from last year, but yeah, the sign—if you you get in the right place, the sign'll be turning it up. So. And that brings over to a conversation me and Michael had, or me and Pike had, the dealer, the dealer. Uh, <laughs> last night about sign in regards to mass crops. And um, and Mike, I'm going to pitch it over to you. But before we do, uh, a guy we just interviewed uh, last week or so, um, Stuart Keen from Arkan or from uh, Georgia, he talked about like those really heavy mass years. You always seem to find more buck sign than the years when it's a lot less mass crop. And you know, his thought process was. You know, when there's less mass crop, unless you're in that little pocket of whatever the food source there is, you're not really going to find bucks on outside. But when all the deer are spread out, like all the bucks are laying down sign and kind of making their territory known. But, Pike, what's your take on that? Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that because last year, I don't think the scrapes really started popping up until first or second week in November. I mean, it was late last year when I started running into a bunch of scrapes. Um, but two years ago, it was very similar to this year when the white oaks were dropping it's like they were laying down sign early. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Shane, what's your what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's it's just the amount of I think there's less stress. This is that's what I think. I think they sense there's more mass that 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 hard mass on the ground, and it puts it it just puts their mind at ease. They're back to like I ain't got to search for food. I can do what I'm supposed to do. 
you know. I never thought about that, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's just it's just one less stressor that's in the equation. If it's really dry, drought like I, we had last year, uh, where I, where I'm coming from, we had that drought all through September, late August. It put such a stressor on the deer that we didn't see any sign at all. It was like not until we got rain did we see any you know fresh sign. It's just that stressor was relieved, and I think that's exactly what's happening here. Is is that that hard mass just takes that stressor off those deer, and they're just back to being their normal self, you know? Yeah, it was summer last year with a with a drought. We had a drought, you know, toward late summer, and and then when hunting season came, a lot of people didn't get figured out to adjust, but the sign moved down because it was moisture was down lower, so everything had burned up on tops. So, but so you had to kind of look for that to make an adjustment. Yeah, that's something interesting about where we're at. It's like the 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 vastness of terrain topography you know you could have flat ridge tops and you could have giant haulers you can have you know big bluffs mountain laurel you know high stem count sapling thickets and green briar and everything in between mm-hmm. and like that, that's one thing i want to kind of get over is like now the application of what everybody's doing here in alabama at least us four and specifically y'all three one thing i'm interested in is you know perry this time of the year you know what is what would it have to be for you to feel confident going in thinking that there's a mature buck using an area like what would you have to see that you think there there would be an opportunity for you to be able to get a bow opportunity you know at, at a mature buck well that sign like y'all seeing the fresh big sign but I, you know everybody knows me by now as i'd like historical stuff his you know a year before information so that's what we're going by of is what was happening last year or last couple of years with specific deer you know i don't want to get too much detail but i'm not i've got like a now i'm you know getting older i got more of a plan that i have one i want to do and i don't want to i'm not a feed tree guy or anything like that so just historical stuff and and you know the bedding stuff more and trying to catch them coming out where they're where they're being safe at and accessing food so that's that's what i'm looking for as far as the pay attention to that big sign that much i'm not i'm not I'm, i've seen a little bit of it but i'm trying to stay out of it right now so i'm just got a couple areas that we're keying in until we get ready for the pre-rut and stuff so and just kind of focusing on just travel patterns right yeah. now like yep. in between bedding and potential yeah. you know Real, food sources pretty tight pretty tight me and kathy you know we're hunting together and so we're kind of got like a two-fold different little strategy just and we're keying like i said we've got specific deer that we're we're keying in on and we're making a you know I'm only gonna get to hunt two days this week, so so I'm, I'm I'm moving both times. I'm not even hunting the same place because I don't want anything patterning me right now. I just I just trying something a little bit different. Or before I would be trying to do you know feed tree stuff or whatever. And I've never had a whole lot of luck doing that out here. So it's just so now I'm just targeting a mature buck where I've learned over the last three or four years where he's at and just and just trying to catch him coming by what camera data I've had. So. Yeah. Pike, what is your take on this time of year? Like, what would you need to see in order to feel confident? I think I'm kind of the bridge between these two guys <laughs> because I used to be like Shane. Shane's covered, well, probably like 75 miles now in three weeks. <laughs> uh, he said 65 this morning, but that's how I used to be. And I think especially early season, I place a lot of emphasis on the sign, especially that early season sign. Um you had a – who was the guy that you had on a couple of weeks ago that I messaged you about on my way back? Uh, was, Rick Cope, the feed tree guy? Or it was it was the feed tree guy. Yeah, Rick Cope. Because you always find those early season rubs mm-hmm. where those feed trees are. Uh, at least that's what I've always seen. Mm-hmm. So, but to find all of those, you have to do what he's doing, which is, you cover know, a lot of ground. cover a lot yeah. of ground. Yeah. Now, which he, which is, he's learning that too, so which I already got kind of an idea on stuff that's, that's historical. To, well, to, that's why I said I'm the bridge between you guys <laughs> because I'm not doing what he, he he's doing right now because I've covered so many miles up here. So, like, I'm yeah. done with that. But if it's I happen to run it, hot right now, it is. <laughs> but uh, if I happen to run across the sign, then yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's there's going to be a and pin. What kind of sign would it have to be? Uh, well, I mean, r- rubs right now. Because I mean, all of these bucks are still bachelored up, and they will be for probably another two weeks at least. At least according to my cameras, last year they were they were bachelored up till probably the second third week of October, and then they totally disperse, and then you're trying to catch your tail. Yeah, if you can find over, you know, I know what I would hunt for a sign right now. If I find a scraped line close to some kind of 
you know, bed, and I'm talking about like just a row of just going, you know, you give that a couple of days would be something I would spend some time on because they only do that for a little bit. And then, like Pike said, when they bust up, that's that, all that changes. So, but yeah, that that would be something. But as far as the rubs and stuff right there at the feeding, that's you know, you've only got I'd only I'd only try that a time or two because they just they'll figure you out. I think that's just my my thoughts on that because they just you're getting in there where they gonna spend some time at and they, they can smell you somehow or another pretty quick or see you or something so yeah i think what we're doing is is locating where that concentration is at mm-hmm. and then kind of figuring out where are all the possibilities for bedding and then basically hitting one knocking it out hitting another one knocking it out and just going through them and eventually yeah. you're gonna you're gonna get on them now yeah. this yeah, this, that, this guy what, over here, I think he bays in come here deer, like because I mean he yeah. just walks in the wood and he's like I, I saw two, two bucks today. I saw three today. I mean like I was like, walks yeah, on I, a twelve I, point. I, yeah, I feel like, <laughs> you know, like Four this point. didn't this didn't happen back where I came from. Like yeah. so what I was telling, I'm like shocked, you know, because it's like there's a there's a good buck, you know. Hiding behind every tree, not really. You know, <laughs> Are you saying this really, is Illinois? Yeah, oh, no, wait. it's not. Not oh. not anywhere near close. But for me, it feels <laughs> that way. And I think it's just because, uh, you know, like I'm following the sign. You know, like I, I'm, I'm I've hit so many places already. It's like if you hit so many places, you eventually, you know, hit something good. You know. Yeah. yeah. And, and we yeah and having intel from from people that are here constantly mm-hmm. has helped a lot. Yeah. So I, I won't I won't take all the credit. I've got a lot of intel from other people um, for this area that's really helped me out a lot. And really, what I'm doing right now is a little bit like Perry's doing too. Uh, places I'm checking is historical. Like I put cameras where there's no sign right now, like there's zero sign. But there was a scrape there last year, big rub, rub line, scrape line in areas that I think will light up three or four weeks from now. You know, and that's and once I once it starts. And, and those places like that, you got. That's why you got to check. You know, it's like a, it's a catch twenty two. You got to check those cameras often because a lot of times it's that first little bit that it gets hit. You better be there then, because if you come back and check it two weeks later or a week later, it's dried up and you're out of the. You're they've moved on somewhere else. You know. Well, and that's kind of a differing style between say Perry and Shane is you know michael or or perry you're you're really trying to you soak your cameras and you're taking you're hunting this year what you learned last year in the last couple years for necessarily trying to use camera data from this year to also hunt this year where shane you're trying to do it in a very short period of time because you just moved up here yeah Yeah, you're just trying to catch up so Mm -hmm. like you're you're trying to be able to do that effect effectively then you know we learned at least shane you probably learned that you know pikes walked every square into this place i did i looked yeah it's like did you go yeah. here have you been to this you know have been to this ridge yeah oh yeah like two years ago i went down <laughs> there i you know did this it's like it went in detail it's like i can't you know i can't go anywhere so i'm having to like i'm going completely <laughs> off the map to get away from him you know, like, <laughs> he, he's throwing about 50 locations yeah. at me and i think there was only two that i haven't yeah, there was been only to two. yeah well. yeah there's only two so yeah, it, it's the, well the, yeah. the dealer didn't do his job good enough <laughs> right. they turned over every yeah. He got close. Missed though. a couple. Yeah, yeah he missed a couple of them. I'm sure now that I've been in there, at least I, you know, he'll have a a point of reference now. You know, yeah. to go cover him. Now, Shane, I want to kind of get you, get you to answer the same question I was asking both uh, Perry and Pike, which is, what kind of sign would you have to find right now, or what what kind of situation would you have to find to feel confident going in there that you might have an observation or get an opportunity potentially out of mature buck this time of uh, year? It's just like what what Perry said is is those scrapes together. That's what we hunted yesterday. It's just a bad wind, you know, like, but yeah, multiple scrapes that are being hot, heavily used right now. Like I put a camera out on one of them the, the day before and had does coming into that, that scrape, using that scrape, peeing in that scrape that told me that scrape's hot, you know, like there's a reason they're doing that. So yeah, it's definitely that right now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at the rubs, like trying to get an idea of travel, like direction, but the, the chances are you know, right now those rubs are never going to be seen again. You know, now they that they may be another buck following along behind them. That's what'll usually happen, is one buck will lay down a rub line, and there'll be another one that'll come behind him, following up, just just checking up on. Them. That's what I've seen. You know, back where I where I originally come from, and I don't think it's I don't think I think that's something that carries out no matter where you are. You know, this time of year. Yeah. Now it, two weeks from now, 
they're going to be, you know, it's going to shift. Yeah, but it. it, So also uh, another thing, kind of like talking about like what you're looking for and like your finest crepes that are you know does you're using, bucks you're using. What has been and really well actually, I kind of go back to Pike. You've had success killing a buck. At least I know one buck, maybe some other deer, like kind of early season up here. What was the situations of like the success you've had, like early season bow hunting, like in, in this kind of like habitat? Uh, I'm usually on them a lot better early season. Now I haven't been the past two days, um, but usually I, I have a lot better luck early season and late season. And I actually struggle up here a majority of the time uh, during the rut. And I think that's because I'm, I'm not really putting as much of an emphasis on doe bedding and where the does are, though. Um, to be honest, I don't even remember what the question was. No, no, I mean, that, 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 just like what you've had success with early season. Like, I remember yeah, Buck so, killed a couple of years ago. What was that so scenario? It was actually the same place we went to yesterday. Okay. And what's funny is, is the bucks are still in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got down there, so I actually walked that area. Um I don't want to give too much information, but it's you don't have to. It, this yeah, it's certain terrain feature. Yeah, it's it's thick cover. Um, you know, you have these little flat tops, and then you've got uh, bluffs and bluff gaps, which is everywhere. I mean, that's about everywhere up here. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but they were they they came out of the thick stuff and um, and fed on the white oaks uh, right you know in the evening. And uh, I actually went down there and hunted the same tree yesterday. Um, I'm I'm not 100% sure, but it sounded like they were uh, doing the same thing they did uh, the previous year or two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was. Uh, they milled around in there in that thicket and then were waiting to come out. I heard something in there yesterday, but never, never did lay eyes on it or anything. Never, you know, nothing ever came out. We did have a doe blowing in between us yesterday, though, so um, that could have spooked them enough to where, you know, they didn't want to come out before dark. Um, if that wasn't the case, uh, the couple of trees where I actually shot the buck, um, those actually weren't dropping this year, which I was actually surprised because it seems like every white oak up here is dropping right now. But there were a few behind me, so, I mean, I still feel like something should have come out. But that's that's, you know, when I've been successful, uh, it's been that early season uh, on white oaks or something like that, some kind of, you know, feed tree. Gotcha. Also, so uh, another question, this is for everybody, and Shane, we talked about this a little bit last night, but how to go about trying to be quiet getting in, like, a standout here? Because I came up here thinking, like, you know, it's not going to be that bad. It is. There's so much leaf litter and sticks. It is nearly impossible to like move through here and, and I mean first I mean actually I kick it over to Perry what, what is your take on that like just making noise getting into a stand into a spot especially if you're trying to get tight to bedding like you're talking about doing now well I don't try to crunch a bunch of sticks but as far as the leaves stuff I don't really worry about that because you got pigs armadillo and all other stuff they'll make as much or more noise than you just an unusual noise I don't want to make so but so I don't even, I, that's the last thing on my mind about making noise walking in or stuff because like you say right now it's so dry and Leaves piled everywhere. You can't. I mean, you'd probably hurt yourself trying to be that quiet. So I don't worry about it. So, it just took me a few years. But I don't even worry about it no more because them dang pigs. You can hear them suckers coming forever, and, they, and it sounds like elephants coming through the woods. You know, and deer are used to that now. So armadillos the same way. So I don't worry about it. So I just don't want to make any kind of metal noise or anything unusual. Shane, what about you? Same thing. I mean, I said that last night. I'm. I'm I think the buck that I jumped. Um, uh, that day before was coming down there to check on the noise I was making, you know, walking through the woods. I think he was he was actually coming to could it, coming to investigate that. So I don't, I, you know, as long as you're not banging, like you said, metal or something like that. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm trying not to break limbs either. Trying to you know, but I think sounding like something moving through the woods probably benefits you more than than hurts you a lot of times. You know, yeah. I mean, it's natural curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, see, I thought that was going to happen to me today uh, after I bumped that buck next to the scrapes. And after I moved past him, after he ran off, I kept moving side hill along that ridge. And I heard, like, a bunch of rustling. And I'm like, it was too shuffly. I'm like, that's not a deer. And it turned out it was a sounder of pigs that was coming through. And, 
you know, got about 20 yards from him and could not shoot one of them, unfortunately, too thick. But but you're right. Like, this is the first time I've hunted around, like, pigs. And it's just – they are so loud. Like, I mean, you could hear them from 100 yards off easily. And, like, they're, they're raking trees. And I, I'm curious – I mean – Perry, have you seen them like negatively affect like deer in bedding areas? If, if pigs move in, will it push those deer out? Or the deer just kind of like chill out? I don't think so. I've seen where a big mature boars bed in the same general area as big bucks. Now they they just something about their gene or whatever. That's where they're gonna bed. So deer now have got you know when they first started getting spread here, you know deer were nervous about them, but they didn't get so used to them now. They're raised up with them now, so they just they kind of use each other a little bit. I think so, but it's not, so it's just it's cool though, but. I've had cameras running out here for, crap, I don't know, over 10 years now, year-round, and them big old boars, you know, you'll see them coming off the same specific spot that a buck would, you know, it's, so it's it's wild, so, but I don't know, it's it's just part of it, and you just don't even worry about it now. So. Yeah, see, that's, that, that's what I was curious with, because I got in that spot and found that buck sign, and there was a big, I took a photo of it, big track in one of those scrapes right there below where I bumped that buck. And again, those pigs from that general area weren't 150 yards mm-hmm. from there. Right. And I was just like, but they're, you know, it seemed like the pigs were all eating, um, they, they were scrounging up all kinds of stuff, but it seemed like they were feeding more on the mountain oaks. Really? We're like, oh, they're good, because you know, yeah, they don't like them good. But yeah, absolutely. But it's like, the, there's plenty of them things. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of them. But it's like, uh, you know, it's, I felt like because they were kind of on the mountain oaks and the deer were more on the white oaks, it's like they're kind of separated a little bit and they're not necessarily yeah. right on top of each other. So I, I thought that was kind of fascinating just with how everything kind of played out. But also, like, with this time of the year, how important for you guys is, like, a change in the weather, like a cold front, wind shift, all that kind of stuff? I mean, Pike, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you ask any hunter, and they're going to say they'll take a, co- a cold front any day. Um, that, uh, rain, rain um, yeah. e- I mean, either one of those. Um, yeah, this 90 90- degree heat i mean it's for the birds uh it's not for the deer or me that's rough on us <laughs> yeah now what about also like wind shifts i mean if, if you had like a couple of days where it's like south winds and, and maybe a cool front a cold front to push through but you had like a, just a wind shift do you think that does anything for like overall deer movement i don't know i mean i'm i'm sure it does um i can tell you this I, we've got one spot over here um uh, and i was actually going to bring it up uh years ago when me and parker used to do uh his podcast we had this uh buck called the babe ruth buck and you know i've told you about it mr perry but um he always came through and i actually called when i could kill this deer the following year because i'd let that camera sit all year he was so consistent he only came through this one spot with a southeast wind between uh 10 and 12 o'clock in the morning and uh every single every single time and i i had him on camera probably like i don't know like four times six times something like that and i didn't figure it out until just a minute ago actually uh, we were talking about um these scrapes and where they're where they're located at was under white oaks there were white oaks dropping that year and that's when those does were feeding through there and that's the reason why he was laying down all those scrapes right there the following year those those white oaks weren't dropping so that's the reason why he wasn't coming through here but sitting here thinking about you know the wind i mean that's the only wind you know that he would come through that you know area was was with a southeast wind so i mean if if you've got a specific wind some of these deer might have a certain path of travel or a certain bedding location or feeding location that they're going to use based on that yeah perry what's your take on you know, early season wind shifts and also, like, just different fronts pushing through, whether it's rain or whether it's a cold front, even a warm front. I mean, what's your take on that? Like, what kind of – I mean, of course, gets you excited. Of course, cold fronts get you excited. But cold is, there, is there anything you've learned through, like, the historical sign that, like, you know, if wind shifts or even fronts push through, any kind of, you know, spike in movement? Well, the front stuff, you know, everybody loves, and I really love, you know, because right before the front, when it's changed and all that, there seems to be more activity, and then right after it, you know, it seems to be more for me, so I prefer – a front of any kind really in any kind of rain situation so all that's good to me versus these days like right like we got right now just stale days basically so and i think that thermal stuff is makes is worse right now for, to me you know just the way it is because it's stale it's just so stale out so but other than that i, I wish i'm like next weekend i wish <laughs> i was this weekend so, but yeah 
Yeah, we'll we'll kill one for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, send me a picture. You need, kill, you need killing this afternoon. We'll have the whole posse come and get it out. So, um, but Shane, I mean, what what is your take on again wind switches, fronts, different fronts, and everything for like early season movement, and especially maybe what you've seen other part of Alabama where you ran trail cameras. You know, how do you how are you gonna apply what you've learned there over here? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, because I've had so many years of of doing it with the with those weather stations. Um, and then trying to you know track what they're doing it's it's definitely like 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 uh like uh michael pike just mentioned it it's the wind shift seems to get them going in in certain areas like certain areas will light up with a with a certain wind shift you know like let's say it goes from the north for you you have a southwest wind it switches to an east wind or something like that they may use this ridge more because it's it's more uh, advantageous for them to travel between a bedding area and a, and a feeding area with that wind so they move you know so you can if you have those kind of kind of switches early you can you know I think you can take advantage of them but it's definitely that cool the cool front I've, I've um, you know any kind of front really like like Perry said is 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 going to be good but yeah you, you've got a key on those especially now once you get once we get four or five fronts that have kind of moved through they don't have as much of effect but those first two or three it's like you 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 need to be in the woods those days because you're missing out you know the day before the day of like let's say it's going to come in at 4 4 p.m on a thursday you know you need to be there thursday you know and you definitely need to be there you know that afternoon and the, the following day you know if you can when you think turkey calls Think of Houndstooth. Houndstooth Game Calls is a company based right here in Alabama, actually based out of Tuscaloosa, and they have been making some of our favorite turkey calls since 2012. Y'all head on over to their website, see what they got. They got a little something for everybody. They have a huge selection of different mouth calls, different cuts, different read configurations. I like to go on there and get five or six different mouth calls and just run them, see which ones I like the most. You know, some days I might like the KB Hen, some days I might like the Ghost Cut. Some situations I might like the Country Girl call. You know, that I can cut on really hard, where on other situations, I might like the All Pro that I can get a little bit softer on. Bottom line, there's something for everybody and something for every situation. And hey, you can get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls by using the promo code SOP24. That's SOP24. Use that promo code. It'll get you a discount and it helps out the podcast. True Lock Chokes has been made in Georgia since 1981 and offering a wide range of chokes, over 2,000 different chokes for all kinds of shooting activities. You might be wondering why you'd want to purchase a True Lock choke, and it's to improve your shotgun performance, absolutely guaranteed. And as a great example, we have Andrew Maxwell here. And uh, Andrew, you've had some pretty good luck, again, kind of switching out chokes and trying out the Precision Hunter choke from True Lock. So, Andrew, what's been your experience so far? Yeah, I've, always, I've used the same choke for several years now. I never really thought much of it, and I got the True Lock choke in. I patterned my gun with the first choke at... Uh, 30 and 50 and then I switched to the true lock and changed from 30 to 50 and the 50 yard pattern on my gun with the true lock choke is unbelievable like everybody's jaws were dropping like when I, we were out there with Mike and Sam we were all super impressed I mean it's throwing a better pattern at 50 now than it was throwing at 40 before my old choke and Andrew you're shooting the precision hunter choke from true lock it's a great option same chokes I have in my shotgun so guys if you want to give true lock a shot this spring you can head over to truelockchokes.com that's t-r-u-l-o-c-k chokes.com you can also use the promo code southern at checkout at truelockchokes.com and save 10 percent on your order again give true lock a shot this spring especially if you're not happy with the performance of your shotgun and shoot with a more deadly pattern with True Lock. I'll say this too, like one of my most successful days as far as the wind is uh, when you have that, that front moving through, uh, I'd say maybe like a day or two later. So you're going to have those really high winds, but that first calmer day that's that blue bluebird sky, especially if it's cold in the morning, those deer will be out there. Uh, they uh, yeah. Especially in the cutover. Yeah, it's it, it's that wind suppressed day when the wind wind finally dies down and it kind of reverses a little bit. You, usually you'll get that. That's what he's talking about. I think it's like you get a northwest wind. It brings that front through, and it comes through. And the next day is windy as heck. And then that next day you kind of get that south wind. It kind of warms up just a little bit. Yeah, and there's no wind that day. And those are the days that just light up. 
Yeah, see, this is stuff like this is what kind of gets me excited about bow hunting, um, especially in the southeast. Is like, you know, everybody here, I think, has like this. My thought, I, I just I haven't been up here nine years. It's been nine years since I've stepped foot on this property, and uh, anyways, gotten some deer yesterday and, and found some other deer today. But it's like, it, it's what's exciting. I feel like is the opportunity this early season. When you find that sign, you know it's happened extremely recently. It's not like yeah. when you get to, like, closer to the rut, it's like, okay, you're finding rubs, but that, that rub's probably from three, four weeks ago, potentially at that point. Uh, or scrapes, you know, it's maybe been hit or missed. Like, it, it was open, but maybe they're not necessarily using it now. It's like if you find some of that sign now, like, you know, and, like, Perry, like you said, you find a hot uh, scrape line right now, that deer is using it right now. And, like, you have a very short window of time to be able to capitalize on it versus if you were to wait closer to the rut when now they're focused solely on the does and not necessarily worry about, you know, refreshing up sign a whole bunch or anything else like that. So that's what gets me excited. And, again, typically in other parts of Alabama that we hunt in, you don't see none of this. Dude, you, I mean, you'd be lucky. I mean, you find some rubs, but, like, you ain't going to find a scrape opened up. You're not going to find – you'll find licking branches and old scrapes, and you might put a trail camera on it and have a buck work a licking branch, but he's not working the ground at all. But it's like out here, it's like some of these scrapes I saw, you can see them from 50 yards away in those leaves. Just everything's plowed up and moved over, and you're like, okay, that's – it's just – it's fascinating when you're able to have that kind of opportunity this early in the season mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of roll with it. But – what are what are some takeaways that y'all are having or, or like processing that you're learning now that potentially would apply during the rut, or is what you're learning now has nothing to do with when it comes to the rut? Will like the the game completely shift and your mindset completely shift, Perry? What's your take? This is going back for about three years now. You know, people are starting to from Facebook, social media, whatever, seeing the quality of deers that are starting to get took. So them deer, a lot of people, younger guys especially, you know, the older guys are kind of already, they're passing up more younger bucks. So you've seen the two years ago, there was several whoppers killed, and pretty much they had a high rate of mature bucks killed, and so people was passing a lot of younger bucks. Last season, uh, wasn't a whole lot of bucks killed, period, really. A big drop because it took a lot of people time to adjust to find a deer by then it was pretty much too late that you know so didn't wasn't that many kills so now you're seeing all this sign it's getting me kind of <laughs> thinking man it could be crazy because more deer survived people are passing more the competition is going to be there so it, it's going to be something else and that's kind of got me you know fired up and waiting for to see something crazy huge you know but we'll see but this this place has got the potential for it and and I'm, you know, it makes you feel good that people are starting to pass more. You know, I don't have anything against anybody shooting anything, but, you know, used to everybody would just, whatever, they're just shooting a buck because yeah. they, they didn't really know. They just knew bucks were here. They could kill them. But mm-hmm. now they're seeing the potential. Hey, I'm going to wait on one that's, you know, bigger. And so that allows more to grow and, and, and more to get huge. So. I can tell you that I've passed uh, a few, but the only reason was because I didn't want to drag them up out of the bottom <laughs> <laughs> or, or a couple of miles back to a road or something like that. Well, you ain't passing no 140s or nothing, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just missing those. So you drop me a pin. <laughs> I'm just missing those every year. <laughs> but, oh, boy. but, Pike, can I go back over to you? You know, Perry just kind of got his talk or thought on, like, especially with the lack of bucks being killed this year, now you have – you know, probably even a better age structure this year. You know, those three-year-olds, four-year-olds last year didn't get killed, so now you get, you know, those four or five-year-olds out there and probably plenty of them. Is there anything that you're able to focus on now that you're, like, paying attention to now that would apply during the rut, or is your mindset completely going to shift and you're going to completely do a 180? Yeah, I'm going to do a 180. Yeah. And, and how so? Like, how just, so? just because right now it's this early season sign and feed trees and it – during the rut up here I, I mean i think you just really got to find out where the doe's at and um and you know find some kind of funnel or pinch point uh, something to, to bring them through an area so but i guess that's something you can learn in the early season is if you start having encounters with does or have them on a trail camera take that, a note of that, that that's true i yeah. mean as long as i mean but the cover does i mean it changes a lot up here so i mean they are going to shift around a little bit but as and you're gonna have to relocate them but i mean it's not gonna if you know pretty close to where they're at you'll be able to get on them again real quick at least the does yeah a lot of those are still you know got their fawns are raising up and they're still like in their 
where they had their babies at, so they're still in them kind of them little areas. And then a little bit later on, they'll start moving closer together with other does or other family groups. So, so you can kind of you'll have to adjust to that. So. Now, Shane, this being your first year up here, really, you know, putting in a lot of time. What are you trying to learn now that would apply come the rut, pre-rut time frame? Well, it's just like what I told told Michael Pike just a minute ago. I, I put a camera in an area, um, and in, in the last, um, well, since September the 15th, there's been a group of does on that camera every day, every day. And so that tells me, and, it, and it's a large group. It's like seven or eight does with fawns that, are, that are, you know, have, have aged out, so they're back together now and this just happened in the last two weeks prior to that they were just one or two spotty ones you know so i think they moved into their area right now that they're probably going to be in um you know during the you know duration you know so uh it's things like that that i'm you know and you you stack a few of those locations on top of each other and you got something to hunt off of especially in an area like this that has you know, such low deer numbers, I almost would feel bad now to shoot a doe. Like, I really want to shoot a doe, but I'm like, that, that's my bait come, you yeah. know, yeah. you know, mid-November. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, do y'all yeah, want it? hurts me to shoot. Like, <laughs> yeah. I haven't shot a doe in, I don't know, probably 10 years. Yeah. Well, see, you didn't, you, I don't know if you heard what happened to me. I lost a fr- all my deer meat, everything. Well, I, somebody was telling me that. Through mm. four 50-gallon bags, trash bags full mm. of, of meat out of the freezer because the freezer went out. Mm. I didn't know about it for like five days. Mm. So, I, again, I'm on a mission. Definitely, you know, I've got, we've got some, we drew some, we did, we have some really good hunts in Alabama this year. So, I'm trying to be picky on, on bucks was like any opportunity i get a doe i want to you know potentially get a couple this year early but but again but in an area like this it's almost like just taking tabs and notes like where i was yesterday i saw i don't know if it was doe or buck i couldn't tell but a deer was coming down the side of the ridge and kind of skirted me uh going out towards some other bluffs but um you know trying to pay attention like where you're finding the does at now and like pike like you said when the leaves drop the uh, leaf the leaf cover drops you know what's the next best cover i'll be honest where i've been at I haven't found a whole bunch of mountain laurel. There's a little bit, but not much enough. I'd feel like the whole deer. So I'm like, you know, if there's deer there and all that, all those leaves come off, I'm like, they're probably going to be high tilling to, you know, next best thing. I think the the mountain laurel is mostly the bucks. I don't think yep. the does are bedding yep. in the mountain laurel. Okay. Some of the pigs. Yeah. And, and I mean, they can really bed in a lot of different places. There, it doesn't have to be extremely thick, but I do think that they do shift just a little bit just because some of these areas get wide open i mean it looks thick right now but it's you'll you'll be able to see 300 400 yards out through there here in about another month so yeah i'm used to that like you know the area that i'm coming from is is you know your 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 thick areas are limited to like little 20 acre blocks and that's it and then you got like 700 acres of just vast open hardwoods you know so you know, here it's it, it it's not much different. You know, if you, if you're wanting to kill a doe, what I would do is go on the outer edge, like national forest near private, because your your deer numbers and your especially your doe numbers, I mean, they're through the roof. Um, but it's a lot different up here. I think the terrain makes it hard on them. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, another thing about like this area, but also like this time of the year and taking information from this. I feel like, especially for like a guy like Shane, which Shane, you covered a ton of miles already, but it's like, if you're, if you're, say you moved a guy, maybe you got a different job, you moved to a different place or you started hunting public or you got in a new hunting lease, the more time you can spend boots on the ground, the more you're going to learn before the rut actually gets here. Like, don't wait to go scout until right before the rut because you're going to start with a blank slate and you have no idea what you're doing if you don't have history with a property. Yeah. You got to, you got to put boots on the ground. I mean, I'm playing catch up like big time, but. You know, if you don't, if you just wait, um, you're just going to be chasing. You know, so you you got to it's 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 a give and take. I'm giving up hunting, sitting in a stand right now to 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 scout. You know, which I don't feel like I'm really giving up much because it is so it, it's so hit or miss. It's early. I mean, you're you're basically you know banking on a buck making a, a poor decision. You know, um, and and sometimes they do, but. I'm just feeling like my my best opportunity is going to be a few weeks from now, you know, because I'm going to have more of a a bank of knowledge by then. Absolutely. I do think they're a little bit more at ease right now, though. Yeah, oh, definitely. (laughs) Uh, In a few weeks, especially when they split up, I just, I mean, it's 
Well, if you were walking yeah. like you used to and like he is, yeah. another three days, that'd be all be nocturnal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm trying to just bounce around. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I was mid-sip. Yeah. Oh, man, that was dangerous. Yeah. It's just like we talked about last night. Like, I guarantee you those, the, where we're seeing those deer is because they're hearing that gravel popping. Mm. And they're yeah. staying in areas where, okay, I may be, I may, I may, I, I, I may be exposed a little bit, but I can see what's coming, you right. know, and I can get back in the cover real quick. Yeah. Right. You know, let me, I'm very curious about getting all y'all's takes because Shane, you've got experience with this in a different part of state, but both Pike and Perry, how much do you think bucks right now, if you found like where a buck was bedded at, how much of it you think is side advantage here versus like hearing or smelling advantage at this time of the season compared to later? I don't think it's uh sight right now uh, just because of how much covers uh i think you're 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 probably more smell and in hearing uh but like shane said probably more hearing than than anything uh, a lot of these a lot of these deer seem to be bedded really close to roads um and i think that that you know just like this main highway uh that's running down through here i mean you see a lot of people parked off of it and there's a reason why it's because everybody driving up and down through here is seeing you know a deer cross one of these spots and that's you know what they're doing is going and hunting a deer that they've probably seen cross the road or heard about crossing the road so i think you know and i mean you gotta think a lot of places down through here i mean there's not a pull-off but ever so often so i mean if if these deer get in between some of those pull-offs and all they've got to do is hop out in the evenings right after dark and i mean they're feeding on the grasses or you know acorns pretty close and i've always thought that there was something about the light too like especially around some of these houses especially like you know these major roads they always seem to be pretty close to them especially after dark and i don't know if it's you know like a predator type thing like they don't you know if they get close to them then they don't have to worry about maybe as many you know predators or something i don't i don't really know but i think if you just went a little ways off the road right now anywhere down through here that you'd probably find a whole group of deer so yeah i mean shane's your thoughts kind of similar again just when it came to bedding right now it's probably more so off just you know hearing it and smelling advantage not necessarily visual right now yeah i mean because you can't i mean you know you think about it from our perspective it looks thick think about looking at it from a deer's perspective that's that's you know three foot shorter than we are imagine how thick they it looks to them you know so i think they're seeking out places that they can have a visual advantage at some point in time like okay if if i if the wind isn't right and i can't bed in this position i want to be somewhere where i can see but i think more often than not it's just you know using that that thermal uh that thermal switch with their nose to to bed right now you know by the way speaking about bedding what have you learned about bucks bedding around those bluffs after being up here I don't know if I want to tell that. <laughs> I think I already told it in the uh, podcast. They already told, told before, it. Before, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you want to give away the <laughs> the secret sauce? Secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can say it. Yeah, I don't, I don't I know. know it's limited. Wanna, that yeah. kind of is going to be limited for early part. Some of that yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I crossed through some of those bluffs today. It, it's crazy how the difference between thickness of cover from down low is to up top. Like, Shane, you were talking about that, I think, last night, because I haven't been down low in any parts. I went down low today on a shortcut, which actually did end up as a shortcut. I thought I was going to be stuck where I went down. But um, it's just – it's so wide open. It looks, it literally looks like a park down there. I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got down there. I was like, oh, crap. I'm like, I started looking. I'm like, can I get back out of this thing? Um, but it's it's just – it's so – it's so opposite, like – I would think some of these, you know, some of these, you know, ridge tops would be thick. I mean, might be more open than some of the some of the bottoms, but it's like the the bottoms are so wide. At least the one I the one I went into today was so so wide open. It's like I can't imagine a deer necessarily going down there. Maybe during this time of year, maybe during the wreck, going from one ridge line to another ridge line. But it's just it's interesting kind of seeing like the difference. And it's, it's kind of like what Josh Drivers talked about in the podcast before about like negative terrain. You get down there, there was zero deer sign. At least where I went, I was there was no deer pig sign, but no deer sign. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, check that off the box. Right. I ain't got to worry about that right now. So, uh, also, a, another thing is like, 
What? No. Children, children. I don't think you understand the secret sauce. The secret sauce. I don't understand the secret sauce. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> I told him about the secret sauce, and he didn't believe me either until he until I saw until it. He saw it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I know what you're talking about now. Well, so um, also, what pike? How many? What, what trail cameras are you running out here? What do you have? Your, what do you have? What do you have trail cameras focused on right now? Oh God. I mean, I just went and threw like four of them up the other day, but they're all easily accessible we'll just put it that well, way but, but what i'm saying is, is they're it, on they're is, on feed trees it's on okay yeah. uh, as feed trees buck sign you know travel yeah. corridor stuff like that no buck sign because i mean at i mean last tuesday was my first day up here so i mean i hadn't set foot you know in the woods so but i wanted to get them out at least to see if something popped up and i mean of course something did pop up but well, speak about that we were just talking we were talking about before we started recording I, so the spot i uh, went and walked this morning um come to find it like where i found i think it was total seven scrapes and they jumped that buck and everything else and you had been in there how long ago was it you said 10 was it when we first got up here you went up there uh, like a week it was ago last when did we scout we scouted on wednesday it was, so tuesday. It was tuesday okay so we crossed paths like my track and your track crossed paths and i was asking you if you had seen any scrapes when you're in there like no so like those scrapes are you know well within you know the last six seven days maybe which goes along with that full moon theory we're about to open up a can of worms now. No, let's don't. <laughs> you and the full moon. Any, any, anytime, oh, we talk, anytime we talk about the moon on this podcast, I, we'll get fifteen or twenty comments. Like there is no evidence. I'm like, listen, I, I didn't say there's it's evidence. Hate. It's oh, it's a lot of hate too. God, man. There's some some of those deer studies. I mean, you can you can make it fit. <laughs> Here comes the can of worms. You can make it fit your narrative. <laughs> Yep. And I've just made it fit my narrative, but I like my narrative, so we'll just stick with that. Y'all can have y'all song. Yeah. No. The uh, well, also real quick as a, as a point of kind of getting to a point of wrapping up. What is kind of for the for the next week? I know Perry, you got work and everything going on, so I'll, I'll leave you out of this one. But for like Shane, what is your what is your thought process and goal for the next week as we start getting a cold front push through and everything else? Is there anything else that you're trying to fine tune or, or pinpoint before that cold front gets here, so you have some spots that you really have keyed in on? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely have. We've 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 located a few bucks. I'd say that. So right now, I'm just I'm trying to I'm going to use the next couple of days when it's hot and 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 really focus on where I think they'll be once that cold front kicks off. You know, because that's that's definitely going to put a you know that's going to put a um, a lot of fire under them if they hadn't already you know like we're seeing sign now and it's it's it you know it's dictated like by something you know which is that testosterone ramp up which i think is what's happened right now but what what is that cold front gonna do because now you gotta you know once we get the 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 three-year-old bucks which i think will happen in the next week or two when we get them on the same testosterone level as those four and a half, five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half year old bucks, that's when everything's gonna. That's when everything's gonna change. So I'm trying to predict where are those older age class bucks gonna kind of get away from those younger bucks and start establishing their their territory because that that's what you gotta. That's what you're chasing right now, and that's what I've chased. No matter where I'm, that's just something I've learned. That once those younger deer get their testosterone level up where they're challenging a little bit on those those older bucks. Those older bucks want to get away, and they want to establish their own little area. Do you and think those mature bucks get a little more active at that point when yeah, they know there's more yeah, competition? Yeah, there's more competition. Yeah, yeah. it's like I got I to gotta really ramp up my game, you know. So I think I think with the hard mast that's out here, that's probably going to be, you know, it, this, this is probably a microcosm for most all of the south. Because I think we've all kind of had similar weather patterns right now. I think this could be across the board. You're you're probably looking at a really hard mass crop, and you're probably going to have a ramped up, you know, rut season. That's what I say. That's what I'm I'm thinking. I agree. I think you're going to have a longer one too. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised yeah. if this next weekend, if somebody doesn't see something being chased. Like, yeah. and I know it's early. But I would not. Well, I, I would not put it past them. I mean, it's just like those does on that camera last night. They're not peeing in that scrape this time of year for no reason. You know, you're not coming back to it every time hitting that licking branch that that buck laid down. For I don't no even reason. think you mentioned that, did you? No, About them actually so. peeing in it. Yeah, peeing oh, yeah, in he, the, yeah, he mentioned it. 
Yeah. But, okay. but that's that's fascinating though. It's like yeah. you're actually seeing that. I mean, that, that's just one more uh, reason because I've gone back and forth the whole trail camera stuff, just mostly from like a an application of like consistently keeping up with all your cameras. But it's like you can learn so much about like the timing of the rut and and when some sign gets hot and then it kind of dies back off and you can kind of figure out when that chasing is really taking place. Uh, and I know, Perry, that's a big thing for you, especially you know, with different trail camera locations where you find that historical sign of when those chasing days really start happening and those bucks really start cruising. But um, it's it's I'd be fascinated, Shane, especially how many cameras you like to run and everything. After this year, if you start maybe finding different doe groups that are coming into heat a little bit earlier than others, and figuring out like where is those spots to really focus on for next year based off the data you get from this year you know you want to know something i'd be interested in uh i really want to know just sitting here talking about it um the years when you have all of this uh all of this mass and you got um the white oaks dropping early um if those years these deer don't actually come in earlier because um, they're healthier, healthier. better yeah better it may, fat it may be more of an effect the next year you know, it may affect the the following year. Yeah, you the know, body but, condition. You know, the, the body condition is yeah. better the next year because they've had more. You know, uh, I think that's probably that's got a lot more to do with it. You know, other than this year, it's just uh, we're. You know, I think I think what it is right now too with all this hard mass is is that's a calorie dump that they're able to get. So that calorie dump is like, oh, I got tons of calories right now. I don't really have to conserve. So I think your movement is is ramped up. Whereas when you don't have it, it's a calorie conservation. Like, I'm not, I don't have this calorie that's available to me, so I've really got to conserve my energy, and I'm not going to move very much. What about the does? Why, why do you think they're going ahead and peeing in the scrapes already? I think, I think that, that testosterone that they're sensing in the, in the bucks is probably just getting them the same way. You know? okay. And it's the same thing like I saw on those, those does that have been coming to that one, in that one little drainage every day is is a is a weird mix like if you looked at it because one of the does had a fawn with her that clearly was early early and one of them had a fawn with her that was clearly clearly late like she still had fought had had spots on her well so when know. we pulled that camera i believe uh what was it was it march 28th there was still a yeah yeah still chasing. A, still a, a buck yeah. chasing a doe through. yeah wow yeah <laughs> that's kind of odd well and i told you last year that i thought it was late and i wasn't seeing you know sign being dropped down like the year before and i mean that, that you know those years when you don't have that and there is more stress and i mean it it may push them push them back yeah just I, like it could push them forward i'd almost bet that they've done some study on that when it comes to uh stress on on lack of food quality on on does and what that actually does for them when it actually come for them like being coming to heat earlier later on time you know with the, or you know of course like a, a delayed heat cycle and how that would affect because that is interesting shane like you were saying and you know also you know this is the year someone ought to kill some huge body weight deer as well just because the amount of mass crops are out yeah. um plus we had a lot of rain in february march april i mean we we, didn't, we, we had no most of the south had ample rain during that period of time. There's a few areas in the south Alabama and south Georgia that's been dealing with drought lately, but most everything in that February, March, April, May. So we had a lot of lush crops, a lot of lush vegetation. All the forbs and all that were high, and the, the tannin value is, is, is waited really late in the year to, to creep up. So they've been able to eat all this green stuff much later, so I think it's going to make a big difference. The only thing I might be concerned about a little bit is last year's winter, how how low their bodies went or what condition yeah. they was in, and if they've actually had to get it built back, built up, back up, if it yeah. affected any rack yeah. development or anything on the yeah. monster ones. So, but yeah. that'd be the only concern I have. But like you say, we've been since I guess late February rain and stuff, everything greened up pretty quick, yeah. fast. So maybe they'll maybe they've gotten back to real big yeah. racks and stuff. So. Yeah, we had a bad December last year. Yeah, but you know. Luckily, January and February weren't that, you know, wasn't really that bad. So maybe they had enough time to bounce back in that period of time, you know. So fascinating. Well, guys, appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, listeners, appreciate y'all listening to the podcast. Viewers, appreciate y'all watching the podcast. Um, anybody got any final uh, tips or anything y'all want to give anybody going out this bow season? If season has opened for them yet or they're just now getting ready to go out? What was that uh, Big Buck Nuts comment? Which would you comment? <laughs> I don't know the last one. 
<laughs> something about crossing the road or something like that. Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, you're talking about the review he left or did he yeah. a text message? No, the review. Yeah, something about, yeah, yeah, you know, catch him slipping across the road, you know, you ain't, ain't going to get him killed or whatever. Uh, definitely seems like, you know, you drive some roads out, you know, here or any other piece of public, you're, you're going to see deer at some point. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of people do that. They drive, right, you know, right out in daylight around when it's getting dark, you know. Rut, they all, a rut time gets close. People be driving all the time. So was, some of them won't even sleep. The guys be driving two weeks trying to find out where they're crossing that. So, yeah. so. Never, if I was, never try to do that. If, like, I mean, if I was a uh, big buck nuts, I'd watch out for this guy right here. Oh, Shane. Because he's going to see you. <laughs> yeah. He is yeah. going to see you, and you're going to have a pin. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, guys, appreciate y'all joining. And, uh, Hey, now we got to go hunt this afternoon. Go That's get some right. deer kills. Go sweat yeah. and then hunt. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate y'all listening. Appreciate y'all watching. If y'all enjoyed the podcast, share it with some buddies. Share it with some friends. Go leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll catch you back here for the next episode from the Southern Outdoors and Podcast. Y'all stay southern. Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you, you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it, you're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no brainer. You got to be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.